Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camaraderie music. Stronger this time round. Dan the man, I got you. Got you back. Appreciate the love. Connie son. Huh. Flex your muscle, finesse your hustle, gotta go hard. What's going on? This is Bashir Jones, and welcome to my podcast, Bashir Speaks. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday evening. I hope that this message reaches you in the best of health, the best of spirits. Hope that you're doing good. How you feeling? Hope everything is all right, man. I really do. Well, listen, man, today's show is about faith. It's about faith. I wrote a book called Daddy's Wisdom. Daddy's Wisdom. The reason why I wrote this book is uh, a message for my children. You know, growing up, I didn't have my father present in my life. And every child has this, this feeling of wanting to be loved, appreciated, by their father. I don't care what song come out. I don't care what rappers is talking. I don't care about none of that. I'm telling you right now that the man, the father, is absolutely necessary. So I wrote this book, Daddy's Wisdom, and within the book, I talk about um, a couple of things that I think every child should know. I want my children to be able to hear my voice long after I'm physically gone. And for children who grew up like me, I wanted to be able to provide some, some wisdom for them that would help them as they go along. So in my book, I have different chapters that children should know, you know, be persistent, you know, this and that, consistency, forgiveness, love. But what I want to talk to you about today is faith, faith. I say, faith is the essence of life, baby. Without faith, there is no hope. And with no hope, you become the most dangerous person on the planet. Faith is the belief that there is a force out there greater than you. Faith is the belief that tomorrow will be better than today. Faith is the belief in oneself that no matter how many times you stumble, you will get up, Dust off your clothes and keep pressing on. And you're going to need this, this thing called faith as you travel through your life. It's the only thing that will get you through. The prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings, said that to God, that God says, I am to my servant what he thinks I am, what she thinks I am. That's powerful. If you don't have faith that God will get you through any trial and tribulation, then even once he does, you'll believe that it was just luck. But know for sure that God is the power behind all things. And that statement of God is a powerful statement, but if that's heavy, I want you to think about this. You are exactly what you think you are. So the question is, who are you to you? I'm not talking about what the world thinks about you. I'm asking you, who do you know yourself to be? And as you go through this life, you are going to have to be clear about who you are and who you are not. People are going to try to get you to take other routes instead of the right path. But you must 
have faith in God and yourself and make decisions that sometimes may not be popular in the present, but in the long run, it will be life-changing. Faith is the key. It continues, but that's the gist of what I want to say. You know, faith has always been my, the gas in my car. To make it crystal clear, I'm actually a third-generation Muslim. My grandparents became Muslim back in the 1970s. My mother and father, Muslim. Me, Muslim. My children, Muslim. So I was like, well, what does it mean to be a Muslim? Muslim literally means one who submits themselves to the will of God. Somebody asked me, Bashir, are you a Muslim? I'm like, well, what is, a, what is that to you? What does that mean to you? If when you think of Muslim, you think of 9-11, then no, that's not, that's not who I am. If you think of Muslim and you think of, you know, someone who oppresses women or, you know, beats women or, you know, these type of misogynistic things, then no, I am not that. But if you are talking about a person who is striving to be the best that they can be, that is me. I was talking to a reporter, and the reporter said, well, Bashir, what is your inspiration? Why do you do the work that you do? Why are you standing up for justice? It's because I'm Muslim. Bashir, why do you get dressed up? It's because I'm Muslim. Teaches us to, to dress well, to smell good, to look good. Bashir, why do you, you know, why did you run for office? Because I'm Muslim. It inspires me to have a responsibility to make the world a better place. Bashir, why do you do that? That's because I'm human. That's the reason why I did that shit. That right there, that's because I'm a human being. And as a human being, we do crazy stuff sometimes, you know? I say I'm Muslim. I didn't say I'm the best at it. I say I'm Muslim. But if you're going to think about a Muslim, don't just think about 9-11. Think about Muhammad Ali. Think about Malcolm X. Think about the Muslims in your family. Think about the Muslims who have had an impact in this world. But even broader than that, people who tend to be religious can fall into two categories. You know, sometimes people who follow religion can be the most judgmental people. Oh, without a doubt. But in the Bible, in the Word, it says something very powerful. It says, how do you say that you love God that you can't see, but hate man that you do see? Surely you are a liar. There's so much, uh, there's so many, like, if you study religion, if you study Christianity, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about if you study it, if you study Islam, if you study Judaism, Hinduism, Buddha, if you follow so all of the faiths that exist, you're going to find that they all stand on the same foundation. What's that foundation? Treat people like you want to be treated. That's the foundation. How is it possible that I can go into a church or go into a mosque or a synagogue and a temple and I can feel worse? I can feel worse than I felt before I got there. How is it possible that I can go inside this spiritual hospital and feel more drained than before I got there? You know why? It's because religious people always want to act like they got a hell to put people into. You ain't got no hell to put nobody into. 
If your religion, if your imam, if your pastor, if your rabbi or rabbi, if your minister, whoever, if they are not inspiring you to uplift humanity and be merciful, forgiving, and loving, then you follow in the wrong faith because that's not of God. Now listen, let me tell you something right now. I'm not on nobody's pedestal. We all got issues. If you say you don't lie on your issue, all right? So we all are going through the human experience. But you don't really know the state of a human being when you look at them. You don't know. You don't know. Listen, if you would have met Detroit Red, there's no way you would have thought he would have become Malcolm X or Al-Hajj Malik Shabazz. No way. You see this young lady and maybe you see her and maybe she's engaged in prostitution or she's engaged in some type of act, but you don't know her relationship to God. You don't know. You don't know how God feels about her or what God knows about her. You have no idea. So the message that I wanted to send to my children to your children, to all children, is that faith is the greatest thing that you can have. It's the greatest gift that you can have. But you don't have to believe what I believe. You don't have to be Muslim. You don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be Jew, uh, uh, followers of Judaism. You don't have to be of any particular faith for me to treat you with respect, dignity, love, and honor. Because guess what? I would rather be with a sincere atheist who had love for humanity than be with a judgmental Muslim, Christian, Jew, Hindu, Buddhist, Hebrew, Israelite, whoever. I don't want to be around these people who believe that their faith, their faith, their, their, don't tell me what you believe. Show me what you believe and how you deal with humanity. How do you deal with people? I don't care if you go to church every day, go to the mosque every day. I don't care about any of your religious practices if it does not transform into being merciful to the creation of God. How do you say you love God that you don't see? And hate man that you do see. Surely you are a liar. It's a powerful statement from the word. So, in Islam it says, when you do a bad deed, follow it up with a good deed. Balance. It didn't say, if you ever do a bad deed. It says, when you do a bad deed. Because that's what we're going to do as human beings. Follow it up with something good. So I close this segment to say to you, have faith. And sometimes the worst representation of God are the people who claim to be God's people. <laughs> sometimes they're the worst representation. And sometimes the prayer of that drug addict is more sincere than the prayer of that religious man. Sometimes the prayer of that that woman who was engaged in prostitution, sometimes her tears are more sincere than somebody who uh, just supposedly caught the Holy Ghost. You never know who people are to God. Be very careful. Be 
very careful because in harming them, you may also displease the maker. I close this segment as saying, it's a beautiful story that's actually in Islam and in Christianity, where it says that on the final day, a man will come to God and God will say to that man or to that woman, I was sick and you did not heal me. I was hungry. You did not feed me. You did not visit me. The man or the woman will say, God, you are the Lord of all the worlds. How can you be hungry? How can you be sick? How can you be in need? And he will say, or she will say, the creator will say, but my servant was hungry and you didn't feed him or her. My servant was sick and you didn't feed him or her. This is very important. Listen, next up we have a thought from Gwen. One minute from our sister Gwen who will give us inspiration. Listen, listen, listen. Listening and seeing is not just characteristics of the physical ears and physical eyes, because you will always be blind if you can't see with your heart. Open up your heart. Listen closely to what she has to say. My name is Gwenma, and I am your favorite's favorite <laughs> lifestyle entrepreneur. And I'm here on Bashir Speaks. What an honor to be a contributor to such an amazing platform. And I am. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But what I really wanted to talk to you about, if you are in a space of resetting your life because you started off with these resolutions, found yourself falling off, it's okay. And I just wanted to remind you of that. I just wanted to tell you to be gentle with yourself. It's necessary. The world is already cruel enough. When you get with yourself, be gentle. Real quick word for you today. I hope that you're well. I hope that everything is moving in the way that you desire and the way that you're intending for it to move. And if not, we'll try it again. As long as you have breath, you have options, says the great hood healer. If you're not hip, get hip. <laughs> if not this time, maybe the next time when we reconnect here at Bashir Speaks, okay? Peace. Gwen, thank you so much for those beautiful words. Always very inspiring. Thank you for speaking to the hearts of, 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 our, of our community. And what I love about those words is you can't help but to feel to feel good. And that's what it really is all about, man. Knowledge is not just about like facts and data. Like real knowledge should illuminate, illuminate your path, man, for real. Um, I'm really excited uh, as I'm talking about this show, talking about faith, to have someone on who I truly admire, um, a man of faith, um, Pastor Aaron Phillips, who is the pastor of Shorehouse Baptist Church, and this man is not only a man of faith in a sense of uh, teaching and preaching the gospel, but he's living it, living it, man, living it. Somebody who takes the word of God outside of the four walls of his institution and really focuses on bringing change to the community, the surrounding community, but also the entire city, the entire country. Very happy to have uh, on my podcast, Bashir Speaks, my very good friend, Pastor Aaron Phillips. How you doing, sir? Well, fantastic. Glad to be with you, oh, Bashir Jones. I'm just excited to be anywhere with you. I'm glad to be on your show today. Man, I really appreciate you. Not only is Pastor Phillips uh, the leading pastor of Shorehouse Baptist Church, but also has his own radio show on 1490 AM here in the city of Cleveland. But 
Pastor, tell us a little bit about, about your history, man, where you come from, and, and, and how, did you get into, how did you get into ministry? Uh, well, my family, I come from a family of ministers. My grandfather was a uh, pastor. My father is a pastor. And uh, my brother and I have a sister who's also uh, ministers. My brother pastors a church, the church I grew up in now in Denver, Colorado. I started preaching Bashir when I was five years old. Uh, I was always just admired my dad. So, and, uh, they, I was, I was a little boy preacher. They would take me all around the city of Denver, Colorado, and I would be preaching children's days and youth days. And, uh, I really always just had a love for the church. I grew up in the church. Uh, my father was the pastor. So we, our particular church, we lived literally across the street. That was a parking lot that separated our home from the church and my life centered always around the church. And that's the life I live today. Wow, man. Wow. You know, what, what are some things that you can remember about your dad that inspired you to develop this love for the church? You know, I watched my, my dad was a very good preacher. And I watched my dad not just uh, be in, in the church. Uh, in, in Denver, Colorado, uh, in the, this was in the early 70s, uh, I watched my dad uh, meet with the Black Panther Party in Denver, Colorado, right at our church. Uh, he was always very active in the community. Uh, it's always knew that, that we needed to do more than just come to church and worship. So uh, my dad would uh, open up businesses from the church. We had a bowling alley. We had uh, restaurants. That's what he was always very uh, business active and proactive in the community, working, making sure that the church mattered in the whole community, not just in the four walls of the church. That's, That's what I remember powerful. most about my dad. That's powerful. As you study the gospel and preach from the gospel, what 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 is it about the life of, of Jesus Christ that that inspires you to do the work that you're doing within the community? The main thing, Jesus' mission to uh, win the lost. He went to a, you know, we when you look at the Bible and the stories that Jesus about Jesus' life, he went to a woman at the well who was an adulteress, a sinner. Married five times, but he went and had a conversation with her. He went to uh, meet with the uh, math who was a, uh, tax collector. And uh, he, so he went to the people who were sinners. Uh, and he, when there was a woman who was caught in adultery, he was there and said, who, who he was up sin, cast the first stone. So Jesus was a forgiving person. And he also always reached out to the least, the lost and the left outs. That's what I admire the most about Jesus's ministry. Although he did uh, also minister to Nicodemus, who was a very rich person. And he had people who were very wealthy as part of his ministry. But I think what sticks out for me is that Jesus went to the very least of them and uh, shared the gospel. So we know that the gospel could be, uh, is for everyone, not just for one group of people. And how does that inspire you for your work today? Well, you know, I, I hope I'm living that way. I think that uh, it's very important. We had a, we have a ministry for a reentry ministry for people who uh, are coming back home from prison. We have a ministry that we're taking people to work who don't have cars, so we use our church vans to take them to work. Uh, so um, we're right in the neighborhood. I desire to be, our church is right in the neighborhood. Uh, so we desire to be there to to let the people know, let the community know that the church is here for you, that we are, it's not just about you coming and uh, supporting the church, but the church is here for the very least of us and for our entire community. You know, today's show, we're talking about about faith. Uh, for those who are just tuning in, this is my very good friend, Pastor Aaron Phillips. And you know, Pastor, you know, I, I get a lot and I'm sure you do too. You know, Bashir, you, 
you're you're a Muslim, man. Why why are you spending time with with Pastor Phillips, man? I'm sure you you've heard those type of things before, man. How do you yeah. how do you respond to that? Uh, well, I respond to I think well, I wish I could say what I would like to say this year, but I would <laughs> I can't. But I will tell you, uh, my friendship and a relationship with you has even grown uh, as we have have been inspired been together and uh i you know i you're my brother and i more than some of my christian brothers are and so i i think it's about the character of the person and that's who you are but also is that we have to remember that there are three major religions in the world and that's christianity muslim and judaism and we and we all have the, the same basic faith of abraham and muslims actually relate to christ to jesus as well as so do uh jews so if I can have uh, my one of my dearest friends is Armin Buddhist, who is Jewish, and if he can be my dear friend, uh, you know, you probably don't know how Metzabam used to be a senator in Ohio, and he's Jewish. So if we can have Jewish friends. Why can't we have Muslim, black Muslim friends? I never understood that, and uh, that, and I know some black preachers who's actually criticized me for that, and I made that same. I told him the same argument. Well, you you certainly voted for Howard Metzabam every time, and you always voted for Armin Buddhist. <laughs> Why in the world is wrong with you now? You know, so uh, I think that we need to, I, I think that's one of the tricks of the devil, as well as the um, the powers that be, as you know what I'm talking about, who want to keep us divided. And the more we're divided, the better off the people who are in power, keep, they stay in power. You know, just you think about it, uh, those Q QAnon people, as well as those um, of, of the, the, the QAnon and the, the, the Proud Boys, who was down there January 6th, uh, wanted to have a revolution against America. Both of those groups can't stand each other, but they mm. came together to fight for Trump to stay in presidency. So if people can understand, if people who don't normally like each other can come together for a common cause, why can't we as brothers and sisters who love each other, no matter what our religious belief may be, we need to come together for a common cause for the betterment of our community. Yeah, man, that, that's powerful, Pastor. I appreciate that. Um, you know, as I think about the work that you have done in this city, um, I don't know any other religious leader in the city of Cleveland that has been as active as you are politically in the community, um, as well as in, in the church and your, your religious institution. And I believe that that is the example of, of Jesus, uh, someone who lived with a merciful heart, a forgiving heart, but also if Jesus was physically with us, I think he would be right on St. Clair. He'd be yes. right on Superior. He'd be right on, on Buckeye. And for those who are not familiar, this is the the, the hood of whatever uh, is in your city. Right. Um, but he would be with those who are the oppressed. And what I love about your work, man, is that you are implementing the teachings of, of Jesus. And, and for those who don't know, you can't even be Muslim unless you believed unless you believe in Jesus. And as I was telling Pastor, Pastor Phillips, there's a whole chapter in the Quran named after Mary, the mother of Jesus. So, um, you know, the, the religions, matter of fact, there's a verse in the Quran that says that the closest of people will be, uh, the closest of people will be um, the Christians because they have people who have sincere hearts. So I just appreciate your love, man. And I know it had to be tough to, to stand with me as I, as I ran for mayor in the city of Cleveland, but you did it, man. And not only do you do it with so much courage, but just the words that you poured into my heart and soul, 
I will never, ever forget, man. And uh, you will always be a friend, a big brother, and someone that I, that I have a lot of love for, Pastor. And what, what's your, and, 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 and as, we, as, we close, as we close this, this part of the show, what's your advice to just the people who are dealing with battling uh, the growth of their faith, feeling like they don't have any faith, feeling like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the person that I want to be. And they, they have doubts about God and doubts about themselves. You know, what are some advice that you give to the people who attend your church or the people that you run across? What advice do you have for them? Well, since I'm coming to a close, I want to say two things, uh, my dear brother. I, I, you are a leader and you're my leader these days. And I thank God for you. It wasn't hard for me to uh, support you because of your policy and what you stood, what you stand for and what you were standing for then. Uh, you had experience. You had paid your dues. You were young and aggressive and the change that we needed to be. If I could do that all over again, I would do it again. If you run again for mayor, I'll be right there with you again. Um, and uh, I do want to make that really clear. I was uh, glad to support you, and um, I have no regrets at all. And I, for the record, for anybody who's listening to that. And uh, I think we made the right choices even after that. So I think that it's important that I tell uh, our congregation every day that it's it's very important that we work together. And, and it's hard uh, to separate sometimes church from spirituality. And that's what the problem is. We have a lot of people who are very spiritual, but are not churchy. And so, and I understand that because the church has, has the church has disappointed me at many times. I will be honest enough to say that. And uh, I, I know that we have, the church has issues. Pastors have issues. People within the church can, cannot be the friendliest and most loving people. But I think with, for me, I want us, I want people to be reminded that's not the, what the church is about. The church is about kingdom business. And we must be about our father's business that Jesus said, and that is in the business of love. I remember, you know, I just preached this shit, uh, last week that uh, when the lawyer, the young lawyer asked Jesus, what must, must I do to get into the kingdom of God? Jesus says, you ask him what the standard is for getting in the kingdom. He said, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And what that's good, that's perfect. We said, but that's not the end of it. The second part is that love your neighbor as yourself. One of the things I loved how you always said it when we were campaigning uh, for mayor, you always say, how can I love God who I've never seen, but I can't love my neighbor who I see every day. And our neighbor, and when Christ got ready to describe who, because the lawyer, being a lawyer, he said, you know, who is my, uh, who's my neighbor trying to trick Jesus? He's, Jesus said, not, I'm not talking about the person that you're most familiar with. I'm talking about the person who's been uh, beat down, weak, wounded, and without strength, left in a ditch, mm. left in a ditch. That's your neighbor. And mm. when the church people went by the rescued uh, and saw the the man who was who fell by the thieves of the on the jericho road when the when both the priests on their way to church saw him they walked by him but it was the samaritan not the jew not the pharisee not the sadducees not the pastor not the bishop the samaritan who went and showed love and jesus said do you that is showing love when you see your neighbor who has a need and you meet that need go and do likewise and that's what we are to do as Christians, as spiritual people, that my chief, my chief principle is to love. And that's what you have done. That's why it was so easy to support you because you love the people. You and I have, we share that same belief. We love our people and we want, we want what's best for our people. 
Man, Pastor, man, you, um, you know, I, I uh, send me my membership, man. I, I want, <laughs> I'm a member of Storehouse Baptist Church. <laughs> Let me pay my membership fee today, brother. <laughs> but I thank you, man, for your work. I thank you for your leadership yes. um, because that is what it means to be Christian. Christian means to be Christ-like, and, and that's what you have been. And if and if and if you are Christ-like as you are, then then all people should be able to relate to you, gain from you. And I want to say to to the Muslim community, I openly stand with Pastor Phillips. I openly stand with any pastor, any rabbi, uh, any imam, any minister, any any person of any religious faith, or with no religious faith at all. But if you have a heart for humanity, to want to feed people, to want to heal people. You will always have a friend and supporter in me. Pastor Phillips, you're an amazing man. Uh, that congregation is lucky to have you as a leader, brother. I really oh, appreciate you, man. Thank you. We're glad to have you. Love you, brother. Appreciate I love you. you too, Pastor Phillips. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Bye -bye. you. God bless, man. Uh, that was that was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm honored to, to, to have Pastor Phillips. And we're going to continue to have pastors on. We're going to continue to have rabbis on. We're going to continue to have all of these amazing people who come on uh, who will truly speak truth to power. Um, the fact is, is that we can say that we are and we love God. I mean, we can always say that we love God, but if we don't love God's people, do we truly love God? Thank you to Pastor Phillips. Thank you so much to Gwen. Thank you so much for your words. And thank you so much to my man Watts. Watts, what's up, man? Yes, sir, man. Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you all for, for joining us. I close with these words. You know, faith is something that you can't see, but you can feel. We are spiritual beings going through a human experience. And I want you to know something. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. You are not the only human being that's experiencing the rain of life or the sunshine. So recognize and we all dealing with it. And whether or not you find your faith in the church, in the masjid, in the mosque, in the temple, in the synagogue, or on the streets, wherever you are, know that God is present and God is with you. And the rope of God, it never breaks. But of course, as human beings, sometimes we choose to let go. So just reach back out and grab it. Hey, listen, if you are dealing with any type of stress or struggles or any of that, you know some of the things I do? I just spend time just giving, finding people who are in need of my service, who are in need of my love or in need of my words or in need of any type of resources. That's the best way to end any depression is by recognizing that you are actually blessed that there are people who are living in worse conditions than you. You know, this journey that I've been on has been a lifelong journey, 37 years old. I can remember when I was 21, remember when I was 15. I can remember when I was five and life is like a blink of an eye. So the question is not when you're going to die. The question is, have you begun to live? Are you living? Because we don't have no choice in our death, but we have a choice in how we choose to live in this amazing body that has been given to us. 
I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the journey. I'm appreciative. Whether you call God, God, the creator, Allah, the king of kings, the big spirit in the sky, whatever it is, recognize that whatever that creator is to you, the creator is not far away from you. That creator is present with you. And you must speak to that creator, speak to that being, that all-powerful being, like, like he or she is your best friend. Because the creator is. The creator knows you better than you know yourself. You are not alone. I want to share with you this amazing video, man, that uh, of a speech that I gave years ago, and I hope that it can be of benefit for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Bashir Speaks Podcast. I'll see you next week. How's everybody doing? All right. If you're happy to be alive, I want you to make some noise right now. Make some noise. Make some noise. First and foremost, my name is Bashir Jones, Radio One Radio Show host out of Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, here we go. In the name of the one who created the trees, who created the breeze, he created the bones in my knees, so I send prayers to him. He sends blessings to me, and I pray my words leave marks on your heart. Because as a people, we have so much light, but it seems we choose to stay in the dark. It's like, we don't like to read, nah. We don't like action, unless the director yells action, then we become actors instead of activists. You know, the type to go to the march just to put up the black fist, but the things that we preach never put into practice, as our pride does backflips, never stays grounded, our courage is pounded into ignorance and arrogance. We must ask ourselves this question, why were we sent to this place called Earth? Because of course we have a purpose, and that is to inspire our brothers and sisters who feel as if they're worthless. So, the only way that we could create multicultural understanding and world peace, we would have to begin in the place that caused the most problems. In a society where your pride, you may have to swallow, or you may easily end up like Emmett Till, Mumia Abu-Jamal, Imam Jamil, Ahmed Diallo, and the country that raised Dr. King and Malcolm X, for their people they bled, and so what they got holidays. People love them more now that they're dead. So how can we have world peace when our country wants to conquer? The slogan is democracy for the people. The media shows our country is being consoling, being righteous. The law they're just upholding when the underlying fact is our country is controlling the majority of governments and their economies. It's like the game of Monopoly, mono, poly, one controls many. Now, I'm not saying we should leave our brothers and sisters alone. But if we want to make a change, y'all, we got to start with home. It's like we're going all the way across seas. Well, we got people in our neighborhoods who are dying from disease. Grown people in our neighborhood who don't know how to read. And it seems with our people, we don't want to be bothered. You got grown people in Brooklyn starving. Young girls in L.A. who have never met their father. A young person who contemplates suicide every day on a martyr. See, the best thing about Canada, it wasn't Vince Carter. It's their health care. Richest country in the world not concerned with welfare all this wealth here. So I feel bad for my brothers and sisters who felt that tsunami. But we had our own tsunami. Our tsunami came in the form of crack. 
Hit black so hard we took steps back. Arsenali come in the form of racism. You can point to any place on the map. I'm a lower class citizen because I'm a man that is black. Our tsunami comes in the form of self-hate. And if you don't love your people, you can't love another race. I mean, I mean, this country must be insane. It's like a man leading a domestic violent campaign, but he comes home at night and he beats his wife and he brings his family pain. I'm glad to be a more house man, but we don't need more house slaves because Martin is gone. Malcolm Du Bois and Mays are all in graves. So the best way towards world peace is to be an example, not dictate how the world should act. And if y'all want to be multicultural, first you got to love to be black because everyone loves their people except for us. Everybody's helping each other out except for us. But no one has been brutally enslaved mentally and spiritually and physically like us. We help everyone else out. When are we going like us? It must be us in the name of the one who created me beautifully. He could have easily deleted me. But instead he has forgiven me for my sins repeatedly. This is the truth. I'm feeding you and you feeding me. I must succeed. The world is in desperate need of me. Wake up. I came to talk about some issues because the picture is much bigger than those Iraqi missiles. So let me speak to the leaders of this society. Show them why they can't lie to me. They insist on buying me. And if I don't sell out, I'm dying or they frying me. But I don't care. As long as in heaven's gates there's no denying me. We used to try to take slave chains off secretly. Now we put the noose on openly. Platinum chains are predecessors of the ropes that used to be choking me. You feel me? I'm just checking, man. The only trees I smoke is when it's transformed into books. So I inhale and exhale knowledge. So just from being around me. So just from being around me, y'all catching wisdom secondhand. And for you to totally understand, let me give you one second. Nope. I'm not out of rhymes, not related to Mr. Washington, but I feel I'm out of time slightly. I try to do the right thing like Spike Lee, but me failing is just unlikely. So if it get to the right hands, might get a record of movie deal. If it get to the wrong hands, you can expect me to be killed. But I won't stop reciting until they free Imam Jamil. The revolution, we must start one. As I sit with my man from Clarkson, spiritually spark one, wake up. No curses and verses. More attendance in clubs than in masjids and churches. The rest of our people inhabit hearses. No leaders in our community. We got more chickens than churches. So I can recite and let you know that you can't hide. Life is a roller coaster ride. I live for the creator, so for him I'll die as I finish the legacy of Malcolm C. I'm from Brooklyn, live in Cleveland, used to reside in the city where the dirty falcons be. Living out the dream of the Morehouse alumnus assassinated on the balcony. Wake up, our society's a joke. Before Barack, it was like, why vote if it keeps getting recalled? Times is crazy when I keep on choosing between the racist and the character between Terminator 2 and Total Recall. Oh, no, hey, it's all sorts of people. This is the Matrix, so I stick to the base. I came to give this world a facelift, so taste this. I couldn't teach Neo all I knew, because only a Zulu warrior can take this and erase this. The world's a bad boy, and they try to lock up my shine, and I ain't have to look at my watch to realize it was my time. I came to bring the truth today. The world thought I was Mexican when I was like, I'm talking to you, S.A. Losing's not logical, and I'm not losing. No cruising like time. My mission is more impossible because the world has been messed up. Way before they accused Osama. Way before U.S. and U.N. drama. 
Way before Britney Spears kissed Madonna, from being known all across the world, I'm five rounds away, praying five times a day. I recite life sentences, so they'll give me life sentences. So my felony verdict is just five crimes away. The truth is here. Thank you so much.